Hello, STEM Nation. Jeff here, and welcome to episode number 47 of STEM on Fire, where we interview practicing professionals in the area of science, technology, engineering, and math to help guide students interested in STEM careers. If you like what you hear, please share it with a friend. Now let's get fired up today with our guest, Tim, and I hope our chat will help ignite your passion towards a STEM career. Tim Sylvester earned a Bachelor of Liberal Arts with an emphasis in English and Communications, and then pursued a degree in Electrical and Computer Engineering, both from the University of Missouri, Kansas City. He is the founder and CEO of Integrated Roadways. Welcome to the show, Tim. Fill in any gaps and share a bit of your personal life. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me. I uh, am one of those rare individuals that uh, got an English degree and then went back to get my uh, engineering degree. It doesn't happen often, but uh, um, yeah, you know, Jeff, I I grew up in uh, rural Missouri, and uh, I went to college because I was supposed to. Didn't really know why I was there, uh, but I like to talk, and um, sometimes people tell me that I'm funny and I tell good stories, so I decided to go after English because I didn't really have the confidence in myself that I would be able to complete an engineering degree. Uh, You know, coming out of a rural high school, I didn't have any education in um, calculus or other higher forms of math, and I just thought that, you know, engineering or a STEM career in general was beyond me. Uh, So I went for the English degree, and then it was years later that I realized that that I could do it if if I put my heart into it, and went back and uh, pursued engineering, completed the degree, and uh, here I am some years later uh, running a technology company. Yeah, so so Tim, did, did the English and the communication degree help you in your engineering pursuit? It helps immensely, actually. Uh, you know, part of that was in learning how to write properly so that I could convey my my thoughts and my intention to people clearly um, using correct grammar and spelling and and structure. And you know I, I still continue to benefit greatly from from uh, learning how to present myself for public speaking and how to develop documents and stuff. It's you know, it, it, it seems like an unusual combination because it is, but focusing on my ability to write and communicate before I went into a technical field has been uh, an amazing benefit to my ability to work with people uh, in um, engineering and other technology environments. Tim, so you were, you were in a small rural high school, and, you know, STEM Nation, there's got to be a lot of folks out there in the rural communities going through high school, and, and maybe you don't have access to a bunch of the, the advanced placement classes like the bigger high schools do. So, Tim, what are some things that a high school student could do? Think junior and senior out in these rural communities thinking, you know, I don't have that calculus. I don't have the ability to go for a STEM career. What are some things that they need to know? Read. Seriously, read a lot as much as you can. Everybody has a library. You can get that library through the internet. Um, If you have a basic internet connection, uh, you can sign up to your local library and download digital copies of books. You don't have to be able to go there. Um, They, you know, they even supply movies and video games and music these days. You know, as our society has developed, we've kind of lost grasp of the idea that a person can educate themselves. Uh, Historically, most of the people that you know of as being 
um, you know, inventors and uh, entrepreneurs were what's called an autodidact, which means they didn't go to high school. They didn't go to college. They taught themselves because they were passionate and they devoted themselves to learning. And you can do that no matter where you are. All right. Thanks for that, Tim. And now let's dig in here because I, I'm really excited to talk to you because you you started a company before you went for your double E degree, kind of before your your uh, communications and, and English major. You you came up with an idea for a product, I'll say, or a concept. And then you went back for four or five years of college to get a double E computer engineering degree. Could you take us to, to what what you're working on, what your concept is, and what your product is? Absolutely. So I started Integrated Roadways. Integrated Roadways is a technology company uh, that provides smart pavement. Smart pavement is a prefabricated road system that transforms ordinary roadways into sensor and connectivity corridors for next generation vehicles. You know, so much of our technological development over the last decade has been related to um, mobile data services. And that kind of, of um, mobile environment is just wildly technically demanding. Um, and most of our immediately upcoming technology development is going to be in the area of smart cities, um, outdoor Internet of Things, um, 5G cellular, connected, electric, and autonomous vehicles. And all of those technologies live in the right-of-way. Uh, the right-of-way is the phrase for where a road is. So, you know, it's, it, it seems like an odd combination, uh, but it's actually a natural extension of the evolution of market forces for uh, mobile wireless. So, Tim, you're putting you're putting technology into a roadway, but yet we've got you know cell towers, connectivity. There's there's probably not a spot I go where I can't get cell phone coverage unless I really really look for it. So, putting technology into a road versus having the infrastructure of all the towers, can you go into why put it into a road? The towers that you're used to are called macro sites, and they have a coverage radius of five miles, uh, in some places up to 20 miles. Um, but the next generation of cellular is what's called a distributed antenna system. Um, in order to get the high speed that we need, um, you have to make the cell tiny. We're talking about a couple hundred feet. It's not much larger than a, than a Wi-Fi router's um, service range. And that means that you have to have antennas everywhere. We're talking as many as a hundred antennas uh, for every mile of roadway. And because the service range is so small, you have to put it as close to the roadway as possible. But here's the thing. Public agencies don't want a bunch of poles and towers along the roadway where people might hit them. And it's really, really, really expensive to build a, a antenna placement point every couple hundred feet. So what we do is we enable the implementation of the antenna directly into the roadway. The public agency gets a brand new road, which is what they care about, and the cell carrier gets the best possible position to put their antenna, which is what they care about. So, Tim, you know, this is STEM nation, right? So we've got juniors, seniors in high school, you know, and parents listening as well. And you came up with an idea, 
and, and you're putting it into action. So, you know, STEM Nation, there's some of you that, you know, you want to just go sit in a cube and do design and put your head down and, and hunker down. And there's also some of you that are thinking, I want to be an entrepreneur, so I need to go the business route. But here you've got Tim, who is a double E, and he's an entrepreneur and started right away from college. So, Tim, what are some things that STEM Nation would need to know about becoming an entrepreneur? Number one, if you want to be an entrepreneur, do yourself a favor and do not get a business major. All right? You do not want to be an MBA. If you want to go into banking, if you want to be the general manager for a small local company, by all means, get an MBA, be a business major. But if you want to be an entrepreneur that's building technology, do yourself a favor and get an engineering degree of some sort. The reason being, everybody has ideas. Most people can't act on them. You have to be able to actually work with the technology directly on your own without hiring layers and layers and layers of people to get there. If you go into business as a business major, your natural inclination is hiring and managing, which is not how you build a business. That's how you run a business. It's not how you build a business. Thanks for that, Tim. Go engineering and, you know, skip the MBA. And Tim, what is your specific area of expertise? I am an electrical and computer engineer. I am also certified in project management and I have about, uh, going into my engineering degree, I had about 10 years of experience in construction trades. Um, so, you know, I, I had a lifelong passion for uh, technology, particularly the internet, and yet my work experience was in construction, which is kind of what tilted me towards what I'm doing now. Okay, Tim, and we're going to move to an aha moment. Could you take us to a moment of time of an incredible aha moment you've had and tell us a story and how you turn that into success? I have a feeling this will be pretty easy for you. Yeah, actually. Um, it's how I came up with uh, smart pavement and integrated roadways to begin with. I was um, working in construction at the time, and I had to drive up uh, into work every day about, about 40 miles because I lived in rural Missouri, and I had to drive into the city uh, for work. So I spent the entire summer driving on the wrong side of the interstate because they were reconstructing the other direction. And as summer turned to fall, turned to winter, uh, they were just preparing to lay down the road surface whenever it snowed. And they had to stop work and come back next spring and do it all over again and then finally put down the road. And the entire time I was sitting there watching them do this, thinking there's got to be a better way. So I did some research and discovered that there are a lot of better ways. We've actually had the ability to build roads in factories for more than 80 years. It's just that nobody does it that way here in the United States because of the way that public agencies buy roadways. So the one aha moment was the discovery of advanced construction technology. The second aha moment was discovering that if the road paid for its own existence, um, that would solve a major challenge on the business side of how public agencies buy roads. Yeah, so you're talking about, you know, Google, right? Google makes a lot of money from ads. Facebook makes a lot of money from ads. And they just have an infrastructure in place that makes it easy for people to use. So are you talking about actually selling 
information that the revenue goes to communities and to states? Well, we're, we're talking about um, selling data about traffic. And this, this data is going to be used to support planning for cities and states, but it is primarily used to support the local commercial environment, whether that means retailers want to know more about traffic in their area so that they can better target what they have to offer or how they advertise it. Um, that may be real estate developers that are building out a new section of real estate and they need better information about traffic so that they can figure out who to target for tenants. Um, that can be insurance companies that want to know more about local traffic conditions, um, transportation network companies, um, mapping and navigation firms, commercial fleet management. You know, the thing about roadways, Jeff, is that our entire economy lives on the road. Absolutely everything that we depend on travels across the roadway at one point or another. And this makes the roads our veins and arteries for the economy. Uh, so anyway, it's, it's appropriate that you bring up Google because, you know, people think of Google as a search engine, but you're right. They use the search information in order to provide marketing data uh, that people can use to build their own business. And that's essentially what we're doing, except in the physical world. Now, I do want to make the point, we are not talking about driving advertising into people's vehicles uh, while they are, you know, controlling the vehicle. Uh, we're just talking about collecting marketing information that can benefit economic actors by knowing more about traffic. Okay, thanks, Tim, for that overview. And... Getting through college, right? You've got two degrees. You've got an English and communications degree, and you've got a STEM degree in electrical and computer engineering. So what's some insights that you'd have for the folks heading off to college to get through what I'll say are pretty difficult STEM curriculums? Yeah, my, my first part of my response to that is uh, probably unexpected. Know why you are going. If you do not have a clear purpose, if you are not devoted to a specific intention for getting your degree, wait. We are no longer living in a world where you should go to college directly out of high school because everybody says you should go to college. It is too expensive. 60% of graduates never use their degree. Don't go unless you know why you're going. But once you know why you're going, devote yourself and do the work. You can absolutely do the work. A college education is designed so that an average person that works hard will be successful. And, you know, there's a, a lot of, um, <laughs> frankly, not very bright people out there with PhDs. You can absolutely do it. The thing that held me back for 10 years was thinking I couldn't do it. But you know what? I can and you can, too. But you've got to have your purpose. Um, and then, of course, Jeff, you got to work hard. Man, it is hard work. It's not something that you can breeze through. You've got to put in extra hours to read your textbooks, to do your homework. But as long as you do your work, complete it on time, turn it in on time, you will be fine. You absolutely can do this. 
All right. Thanks, Tim. And, you know, that not having that why, you know, that's, that's, that's interesting, right? You got to have a purpose. You got to have a why. And that's probably a big reason as well why there's a 50% dropout rate in STEM curriculums, right? You, you come in as a freshman. You think it's it's great. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of homework. You really got to work hard. You, you really got to grind through it. And that's probably why 50%, you know, drop out because they don't have a why. Why am I here? Why am I going for engineering? Why am I going for this STEM curriculum? Why, why don't I just, you know, drop down to, to business or, you know, pursue, pursue some other uh, degree? Right. Well, and, you know, the other side of that is a big part of the, the cohort drops out, not because they can't do it, but because they can't afford it, which is the other piece of why you need to have a clear purpose um, so that you can justify the expense. Because, you know, if you begin your degree program and run out of money halfway through, well, you still have to pay back your student loans, even though you don't have a degree that bolsters your income. So, you know, this further influences and, and supports um, my statement that you need to know exactly why you're there. Okay, Tim, thanks for that. And you had brought up reading, and we're going to take a quick pause and thank our sponsor, Audible. You can head over to stemonfirebook.com. That's stemonfirebook.com to get a free audiobook of your choosing. And if you decide to cancel within 30 days, there's no cost, and you get to keep your audiobook. And, Tim, we are heading off to the lightning round. Are you ready? I am ready. What's the best piece of advice you have ever received? Don't listen to most people's advice. It's, it's absolutely terrible. There are diamonds in the rough. Um, about one in 100 or one in 1,000 pieces of advice that you get are actually good. Um, you should accept their advice so that you can have enough flowing in order to find the good ones. But for the most, pe- for the most part, Jeff, everyone on earth is figuring it out as they go. And nobody knows your situation as well as you do. So, you know, listen to what they have to say, but don't feel like you need to obey it. And what's a personal habit that contributes to your success? You know, um, that's a really good question. Uh, This is going to sound super basic, but get enough sleep. You, You seriously do need eight hours of sleep a day. Don't give me any of this four hours nonsense. You know, don't try to look cool by bragging that you only need six hours a day. You can't defy your biology, all right? You are an organic machine, and you need your rest. Um, Eat properly and regularly and exercise. That is like the simplest advice that you're ever going to get, but it's also the best possible advice to keep yourself in condition to put in all of the hard work that you need to do, whether it is, you know, getting your degree or running a business. And what's your favorite internet resource or phone app and why? Oh, that's the tough one for me. You know, I I love the internet, but I have a love-hate relationship with the content on the internet. So frankly, I'm going to have to say video games because um, that's that's always been my uh, my go-to entertainment method. Um, I've I've been a gaming nerd, uh, you know, since I was playing um, text dungeons on a 286 back in the 80s. <laughs> You're dating yourself there, Tim. <laughs> and if you had to pick one book, what would be one book you'd recommend and why? Wow. Uh, just one. Um, I'll give you two, Tim, because you're, you're an avid reader. 
you know, I, I think I'm really just going to have to actually give you a genre, science fiction. Uh, it's, it's hard for me to narrow it down further than that. To me, science fiction is uh, messages from the future giving us advice about what not to do. And there's just so much interesting examination of, you know, potential future possibilities out there. I, when I was in college, I loved the writings of Philip K. Dick, who is now posthumously the most accomplished screenwriter in world history for writing movies. They've made something like two dozen movies from his short stories now. So, I wish I could narrow it further, but I, you know, I've I've always been a big fan of science fiction, and there's just too many good choices out there. All right, Tim, we'll leave that with a genre of science fiction. And STEM Nation, Tim has provided tons of value, but we're going to ask him for one more as we wrap up here. So, Tim, could you share a parting piece of guidance for STEM Nation, and then we will say goodbye. Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. You know, people people tend to think that they have to be um, the best of the best to do something interesting. You don't. All right, humans are social animals and we copy each other. So to uh, borrow the words of Sir Isaac Newton, if I have seen further than most, it's because I have stood on the shoulders of giants. You don't have to be the best in the world. You just have to be a little bit better than somebody else at the thing that you do the best. So focus on your natural talents and capabilities and honing yourself so that you exceed in one particular place. And for everything else, just copy what the smart people are doing, because that's what everybody else is doing anyway. All right. Thanks for that, Tim. And with that, we will say goodbye. All right. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate your having me on today. You're welcome, Tim. I hope you enjoyed that chat today with Tim. Head over to stemonfire.com, subscribe to the email list to keep up with the latest happenings, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player. And please share it with a friend. Tune in next week to talk with Hai, who has an aeronautical engineering degree. Until next time, I hope this chat has helped ignite your passion towards a STEM career.